Hello, hello. Welcome to the Worthy Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten McNeil, a Canadian self-published author and full-service editor for fellow writers. On this podcast, you'll get a look into my personal writing journey and find encouragement to enjoy your own. If you had a good time with me, I would appreciate if you could like, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. All right, worthy writers, let's jump in. Stephanie is a third-generation Arizona native and currently resides there with her husband and best friend. They have three children and have created a mini farm on a small parcel of land where they have a number of critters. She loves being a mom, riding her horses, gardening, and reading. Being in the outdoors is her favorite place as long as it's not summertime. She enjoys writing and has always had a vivid imagination. She had a dream once to write, but it was shattered by a school teacher. One day, she sat down and decided to release the stories that had roamed her mind for years. Thanks to her supporting friends, who encouraged her to share them with the world, her books have started to be published. Writing has allowed her to give a bit of her magic to the world, one story at a time. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for joining Hello. me. How Thanks are you doing today? Me. Good. All right. So why don't we just jump right in and have you talk a little bit about of how you started your writing journey? Well, I um, kind of have a funny story about that. So when I was first grader, I had this teacher that wanted us to write, you know, like a short story of some sort. And so here thinking this brilliant writer that I thought I was as the little first grader, I wrote this story, made a fantastic beginning, kind of skipped over the middle and then did an ending. And so my teacher basically told me that I kind of sucked and that I never should do that again. So it kind of shattered my dream. I never thought that I would be good until I read Twilight. Yay, right? <laughs> like everybody's read Twilight and I'm not dissing on it or saying that it's bad in any way, shape or form, but I realized with Twilight that it wasn't Shakespeare. It wasn't like Ernest Hemingway or anything like that that had to speak this language that was like most of us can't even understand. I was like, you know what? This is simple. This is easy. And I could do this. If she could do this, I could do this. And that was kind of my inspiration was Twilight. Well, that's funny. But after that, I just kind of sat down one day and just wrote the little story that was in my head and voila. Today actually marks my one year anniversary. So yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And you, so, were in, you were in first grade when your teacher basically told you you sucked? <laughs> yeah, she was kind of brutal. Like she even, so I remember I have these, it must have just been because she was so bad, but we had this spelling test and I remember her walking around and one of the words was as. And so when she said it, she was like, as. And so my little first grader brain was like, okay, I need extra S's in here. So I spelled it A-S-S. <laughs> and I got sent to the principal for being a naughty little first grader. And here I was innocent because I was just trying to spell as, right? Yeah. So yeah, she just wasn't very nice. She probably shouldn't have been teaching first graders, maybe high schoolers. I don't know. But, yeah. So yeah, it doesn't seem like something that you'd want to tell a, a seven-year-old or. <laughs> I know, right? Like that's the, you need to be like, oh, you did such a good job and like uplifting things. And she, she was just kind of grumpy. Her name was Miss Gristle. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect and fitting, right? <laughs> yeah. When did you get inspired by the reading Twilight and then starting your first novel? Well, so 
and it was actually quite a long time before because twilight came out gosh what like 20 some years ish ago oh, gosh right it's been a while I, don't know. It's been, I could be wrong on that but it's been a while yeah but twilight actually got me back into reading again because i had this kind of lull where i wasn't really reading or whatever and i actually had a little bit of a mental breakdown and i just needed somewhere to like bury my thoughts and bury myself into something and so I just sat down on my computer and started writing and I thought if Stephanie Myers can do it Stephanie Whitfield can do it right Stephanie Whitfield can mm-hmm. do it so mm-hmm. yeah so that's where and uh let's see I started hitting like maybe four years ago or gosh no maybe it was like six years ago yeah wow time flies and then you know there's that whole fear that you have to conquer that you don't want other people to read it because maybe it's not good enough and I've had I gave it to a couple friends and let them read it and they were like oh this is really good really and so mostly I geared it towards tweens and teens and that's been the most exciting to see how excited they get after they read it they get all giggly and giddy and so that makes it worth it I don't some adults you know it's it's YA so it's geared toward younger people so I've had a couple adults like "Eh." I'm like well it's not your thing it's not your thing right yeah that's the thing too is if you know your target audience and if your target audience is happy then that's important right correct correct like not everybody likes horror right so Mm -hmm. yeah not that that's my genre but (laughs) (laughs) have you written a lot of stories outside of the hidden series because I know that's your main one right now were there points where you just kind of did some one-offs or just short stories or just things for yourself or what kind of things did you go through with that? So after I wrote most all of Hidden and then I actually wrote the second part of Mart and then I actually hit a huge writer's block. I know some people say that doesn't exist but it totally existed for me and I think it got to a point where I knew something in Mart needed to change even though I didn't want it to and so it just kind of was flattening out and getting kind of boring in a way and so I left it and let it sit and then I started high fantasy which was really fun I think you've read some of it which was probably horrible because it's super rough (laughs) I started writing uh, uh, like 40,000 maybe I got and then I finally got the idea to finish marked and went back to that and then I've got a couple little side stories for hidden that I've been working on you know they it takes a while (laughs) to get all that process going and Yeah. So not too much before hidden only because I had, you know, kind of had my dream shattered by that first grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so I didn't think I was worthy really. So what do you usually do when you have writer's block or you're kind of struggling through a scene or trying to get into the zone? I've only had it happen majorly that one time. I've had a couple of times. I think the best thing is actually just sit down and let your characters tell their story. And so I know a lot of times you're thinking, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how this is going to go. I feel like my brain is, is just, you know, got this block, right? And so, or maybe get up and go outside, take a walk or watch a TV show just to get those brain waves moving again. I think a lot of it is that we get so focused and then our brain has a slightly little bit of a burnout maybe. And so I think we just need to refresh that. For me, it was actually a meme. Well, I'm not going to tell you the meme because it might sort of ruin my story marked for whoever reads it. But it was a meme that I saw and I was like, oh, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think we just sometimes need to refresher. And I think 
one of the most important things too, is when you feel that burnout, let your body have a break. And I think that's your mind's way of telling, like, I need a small vacation or whatever it is, like take a week off from writing. I think then you can refresh and start over. So at least that's in my experience. I know after I published Found, which was three books in like, what, eight months, I took three months off and didn't write anything because I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really important to remember is to give yourself permission to not have to write every day, take a break, you know, refresh, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. You need to recharge, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. So where do you get a lot of your inspiration from? That's a good question. I don't know. And sometimes... I feel like, oh, this, you know, story just popped into my head. It's my very own, but I don't think so. I think it's a mixture of like maybe shows that you've watched present or past or books that you've read. And then they just kind of burst into these other little strings of ideas where you can kind of, because at this point, really most ideas have been taken. They just need to be onto different tangents or different stories or whatever, you know. I did have someone commission me to write a historical fiction, which I need to work on. And I haven't done it. It was like three years ago when he asked me. And it's a great story. (laughs) That one, I'm like, oh, there's so much like research that has to be done since it's sort of real and the timeline is real. And so then part of me was feeling stressed that I didn't want to like get something wrong. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I haven't started that. So your genres are typically contemporary and you don't really do too much research with what you've done? most of my fantasies, well, I do. So there's certain things like I did actually a lot of herb research with Hidden. And that was a lot of fun because I really enjoy gardening. Mm-hmm. And so researching like different herbs and things like that, that was fun. But a lot of it is just like Hidden was basically me in a nutshell at 16, all my experiences as a high schooler and some boys and things like that. And then I just gave her a little bit of magic, which made it fun. But a lot of it is from my own personal experience and what I've experienced. And then if I did need to research, like I know there was the authors always joke about researching ways to die and hoping that the FBI (laughs) FBI didn't come after them or something. And so (laughs) I I have done those sorts of researching and Google becomes your friend. It's so much easier not have to pick up an encyclopedia and, you know, so yeah. (laughs) If you could go back and talk to your seven-year-old self with something you would want her to know? Oh, for sure. Right. That's a great question. (laughs) I would probably tell myself to go back and write, rewrite that story, add a little to the ending and then give it back to that teacher and be like, here, try this. (laughs) And just, just to have a little more confidence. Cause especially I think at that age though, it's hard because we see adults as like, like people we look up to, especially teachers. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just to, I mean, it would, I know that's hard at that age, but I'd love to like tell myself to go back and take more creative writing classes because with, with having that where she kind of squashed my dreams, I didn't feel I was good enough. So I didn't take them. I took more in college. I took more science classes and math classes, which I loved. I think if that hadn't happened that instance, I probably would have gone more towards the creative writing and things like that, which would Mm -hmm. have changed like everything. Right. So it's crazy how one event can change like a whole course, Mm -hmm. basically the whole course in your life, really. If you could go back in time, you just have to bring all your books with you and see like, see teacher, look at what I created. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You were wrong. (laughs) 
I don't even remember what the story was. I, I wish I would have kept it because it would have been kind of cute to look back at it. But yeah. I, think I probably crumbled it through in the trash because, you know, it wasn't good enough. I'm, I'm sure it entailed something with horses would be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you've always loved horses and that lifestyle and everything? Always, always. I crawled around on my hands and knees and acted like a horse. And I played with those. I don't know if you've seen those briar models or like a hard plastic. I had hundreds of those yeah. <laughs> so every Christmas, every birthday. That's all I wanted. I had like, so one of our houses we moved into, we had shelves that were personally made for my horses and they just like lined one after another. So <laughs> yeah, that's definitely obsession of mine for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you think you would ever write a story that doesn't include a horse? I don't know. I, well, I actually have one in the makes and it probably won't. It's just all up here. And I've, I've threw the idea at my husband and it's basically about a seer or like a fortune teller kind of guy that would go back into the past and change things for a certain amount of money. But then there's the consequence of changing the past timeline that changes the future timeline, which, you know, mm. things like that have been done, but that'd be fun. But I don't think there would be any horses in that one, which interesting. Yeah, kind of sad, but you know, it is what it is. Horses aren't in everything. <laughs> it's just funny with writing fantasy, it'd be so easy for you to include horses and things like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And even in the historical fiction, because it takes place in the, you know, like 1800s where horses were the main transportation. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shoot, I can do this. Like, got horses, right? We're good. <laughs> what is one piece of advice that you think all writers should know, no matter what level of experience they're at? If you're going independent publisher, I would say like jump on Instagram and get into the writer community because they are amazing supportive and Mm -hmm. you get to see all of their journeys and then you realize that you're not alone. And I think like when you first start out, that is like the hardest part. No one to help you. There's no one you can talk to. And there's all this, everything is just overwhelming with the marketing and the publishing and, you know, Now you've got to find editors and proofreaders and arc readers. And so then you feel like, oh my gosh, like there's no one I can really talk to because it always seems like all your neighbors and your current friends, none of them are authors. So none of them do that. And so I think jump onto that writer community and make friends with all these authors and writers because you realize that they've done exactly the same thing and they are always willing to help and reach out. And I think that right there is a huge confidence booster. And at least helps you feel like you're not alone for sure. Yeah, Instagram's really great for that, I find. Right? It's super great. I think next, or if they don't want to get on social media, which I totally understand, would be to just just write and just get it down. And then I think one of the things like I read in Stephen King's on the on the writing craft or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. which was fabulous. He says something like, Don't let anybody read it until it's all done. And I'm like, you know what? that's fat. That's a fabulous idea because really like there was times in mind where I would send it out and it'd only be halfway or just because I wanted people to, to see how much I loved it. And I wanted them to see, you know, feel the same, but I think he's right in the fact that you just need to get it down and then get the feedback later rather than getting it in between so that it doesn't mess up your thoughts or your ideas or whatever it may have been. So that would probably be another one too, is just get it down before you share it, right? 
in that book, he also says how much he hates writing workshops just because when you're sharing the piece, it's so rough. It's such an initial draft that it's just getting feedback for it is pretty harsh sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Get it down, get it fixed and then get it out there, which I'm guilty. I have done it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we're coming to an end here. So is there any final words you want to say? Well, first, thanks for listening and happy riding worthy riders. Thank you for joining me as we got to know Stephanie. Learn more about her through the links in the show notes and make sure to subscribe to the Worthy Writers Club to access exclusive content from both of us. Join me next time where I chat with another friend and self-editing coach, Elzevira Elbada Yelgershma. Thank you for listening to the Worthy Writers Podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Share your love and support by checking out my Buy Me A Coffee profile for bonus content and to help me continue building my creative empire. If you'd like other ways to connect, follow me on Instagram, join my Facebook group, or explore my website to learn more about me, be part of my community, or suggest topics for future episodes. All links are in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you. My final words before you go, never forget that you are worthy.